Do Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you for health and strength. We thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't understand everything that's going on, everything that happens, and we're not designed to. You never called us to understand it all. But you did say we could have a peace through Christ Jesus if we just put everything in his hands, do what we're able to do, and leave all that's left to him. And you will give us a peace that allow us to navigate the storms, even though we don't know what's the purpose of everything we deal with. We thank you for leaving us your word, your basic instructions before leaving earth so that we can study, know the truth, and be able to walk in the will that you have for us. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I want to talk about one of the most uh, underestimated, underrated, rarely discussed topics in many church institutions. And it's something that we really need in this season, it's, and it's spiritual discernment in the last days. And I want you to know that discernment spiritually is not your conscience uh, and is not your, or what they would say, common sense. And here's the reason why, because there are people in different parts of the world who were raised with different morals and their consciousness or common sense would be completely contrary to what Let's say, for instance, someone in America uh, raised in this country where doing the wrong thing would land you in prison. And you have other places in the world where doing the wrong thing will make you rich, wealthy, and you would actually fit in with the masses. So spiritual discernment, you know, isn't that unction that you get about doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It's not common sense because if you look around today, all over the world, common sense isn't common anymore. Spiritual discernment is actually the Holy Spirit that gives us the navigation that we need to move through life doing the will of God, doing what we are called to do, understanding his word, seeing his word. And I want to tell you that is no coincidence or it didn't happen by accident or it wasn't someone dropped the ball. But the teachings of the Holy Spirit, the reason why it's not a popular topic, it's not something that uh, many people talk about in most ministries, is because that was intentional by the enemy. Because there's so many things a follower of the way needs to be able to do, to see, to understand. And it's only possible through the Holy Spirit. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, we actually make God look bad. There are times we may think we are representing him, but truthfully, without the Holy Spirit, we are making him look horrible to people who don't have that relationship with God. And this is even back in the 
the time before Christ and the Holy Spirit came. You know, when you look at back when Ezekiel was given a prophecy by God to give to the people in chapter 36, God was explaining how the Israelites, the house of Israel was very uh, disorderly. He said that he said that they defiled the land. They were doing very impure and unclean things. And God got so upset that he scattered them. He sent them other places. They couldn't even stay in their own land. They became desolate because of their disobedience, the things that they were doing. And when they went to different lands, they were people were wondering, you know, why are you here when you got your own land? And it was because they understood that they were got they had they were booted out of their land by God because of how they carry themselves. And it really made God look bad. And he explains this to them as you read through uh, the, the chapter 36 of Ezekiel and how God tells them to. You know, they, that they have messed up so bad. That God. He's going to make a difference. He's going to change some things, but he's not going to do it for the people. He's not going to do it for the house of Israel. He said he's going to do it for his holy name. Because he's he's concerned that he looks like some God that doesn't have no authority, no control. He's not a sovereign God that he is. And what he does differently is something that he never did in the time that man was came into existence. And in Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27, he said that because of what they've done, because of what they have uh, did throughout their land, he said that he will give them a new heart, a new spirit he will put on within them. And he said he will remove uh, the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. And he said, I will put my spirit within you. And the reason why God said that he will put his spirit within the people he have chosen, his original people, is so that, so that they can walk in his statues and be careful to obey my rules. God wanted to give uh, the Israelites his spirit so that they can not just see what he's commanded them to do, but to empower them to actually do it. And whenever they get to a place where they are feel like they can't do it, they're struggling. But he said that they will be careful to obey. They'll be conscious of things. There will be a conviction that will happen before or even after they do things that are not according to what God has called them to do. And today, after Christ came and he he gave his he did his ministry he walked he he healed he brought people back to life he preached the truth he told people what they needed to hear before he leaves he tells the disciples in John 16 verse 7 he says that nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come but if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus says that it is absolutely essential and it is for our advantage that 
he leaves so that we can receive the helper who is the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. He explains this because without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to do what God has called us to do. Like I said, it's not a coincidence. It didn't just somebody who established a particular denomination or when Christianity made it to America or whatever excuse we could come up with. It wasn't any of these things that uh, hindered the teachings or understandings of the Holy Spirit. This is directly intentional by Satan because he knows that man without God cannot do his will. And being that God does not walk the earth as he did in, in the Old Testament, and that Jesus Christ is no longer here, he is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit is what he knows the people of God needs to be obedient to his will, to decipher truth. In John 14, 26, he said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring all things that I said to you. All things in remembrance. And why does he tell his disciples this? If you look at the walk the disciples had with Jesus, they understood almost nothing. And they constantly asked Jesus to give them the meanings of various parables and teachings. And it was not, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit coming, they wouldn't be able to write out and record the events that happened and even understand the events that occurred. And you look at the transition of one of the greatest people Jesus ever called, the Apostle Paul. He was on the other side of the fence, if you will. He had no heart for God's people. His job was to persecute them. That's what he went to work for. But when he received the Holy Spirit, he crossed over to being one of the greatest apostles of the faith and taught in a way that really set the foundation for how we ought to carry ourselves. But a lot of people today who attend uh, you know, church institutions, they struggle to grasp the understanding of God's word or they are looking for a interpretation or a perspective or a doctrine of his word that really can help them navigate through whatever their problems are. But nothing can help you understand God's word and overcome your struggles like the Holy Spirit. It is the most important piece to the faith after Jesus Christ came. This is why so many deceiving teachers, prophets, bishops, and all these uh, leaders of these church institutions are taking people away from God's word because the Holy Spirit is the one that shows you what's true, shows you what's real, what is valid in God's word. You know, I was uh, I made a post the other day and uh, someone referenced to the fact that, you know, people who speak things that are not correct or not wrong, uh, we can still listen to them. You just have to apply this certain uh, uh, phrase, which is, you know, eat the fish, but spit out the bones. 
But there is nothing in the Bible that indicates that we should do that. In fact, if anything, Jesus tells his disciples to be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And this is, of course, another uh, parable that the disciples don't understand. And they asked him later on, what does this mean? And he said that you have to be mindful and watchful of the teachings of the Pharisees. The Pharisees didn't completely wipe away God's law. They didn't say that there wasn't a savior coming. They knew that. They always wanted Jesus just to say it plainly. Tell us, are you the one? And their teachings were ultimately contaminated by these ideas they came up with that helped them to believe they were more godly or they were more righteous walking according to these different traditions and customs and rules. And this is why, again, Jesus Christ said, I have to send you the Holy Spirit. He talks all throughout his ministry. The apostles, the first disciples, the same thing. They constantly reiterate the type of teachings that would take place in the last days. And the teachings would contradict. They would deviate from God's word. And without spiritual discernment, Holy Spirit discernment, we'll get grabbed into this teaching that ultimately is drawing our flesh in and we'll say, you know what? I didn't like what that pastor said, but mostly everything he says is okay. So I'll just spit out the bones and eat the fish. Well, that little bit of incorrect teaching or incorrect truth is what caused sin to hit the earth. It's why the earth became defiled. Man fell in the garden because just that little bit because there's no way to eat fish and spit out all the bones. You're talking about the word of God. You're going to consume some of this incorrectness. You know, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot decipher God's will from the will of the enemy. There is no way to do that. And it's evident, it is proven through the life of the disciples. People say, well, I know Jesus, I walk with him, I love him, but do you have the Holy Spirit? And if you have the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit leading you day by day? If the disciples who walk with the Messiah, they touched the Messiah, they were there eating at the table with the Messiah, and they couldn't understand the things that came out of his mouth, how can we read the word of God? and totally understand it without the Holy Spirit. Absolutely impossible. Many people are being led astray in this season. It's apparent because when churches close in 2020 and all these teachers and preachers who said close their churches, they open them back up, but very few talk repentance. Very few speak on salvation and walking with Christ. With the events that caused the world to shut down, to go into hiding, and you open up talking about your blessing is coming, your miracles on the way, only the Holy Spirit can allow you to see that that is deception.
That's it. So, you know, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do the will of God. You cannot see his will. We are blinded because it's the Holy Spirit that makes all things known. It shines the light and that empowers us to do the will that God has for us as his children, as his, uh, those who come into the faith. You know, and, and, and there's, a, there's a storm coming that Christ talked about. He spoke of a time that what we see now is not in comparison to what's coming. And he tells them that in Luke 21, it says, But take heed to yourselves, lest, ye, lest your hearts be weighed down with drunkenness and the cares of this life, that the day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all who dwell on the face of the earth. Therefore, watch and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And to stand before the Son of Man. I don't know about you guys, but when I look around the world today, I see a lot of people who say they believe and they don't look like they're watching anything other than. TV, social media, the news. And he's saying that if you don't watch and pray, you will not be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming to pass. And you will not be able to stand before God, before the Son of Man. This is it's essential to have the Holy Spirit. Like I said, it's not by chance or some type of failed event that occurred why the Holy Spirit is not taught. It is a intentional decision that was made to divert people from being able to actually see and do the will of God. And any churches who kind of make reference to the Holy Spirit is typically, well, the person have caught the Holy Spirit and they run it up and down the church, and they're falling out on the floor. But when you look at the Bible, when Jesus Christ met the man in the graveyard who was basically insane, the man had lost his mind, and they could not restrain him. He would break the chains, and he would cut himself with rocks as he ran up and down the graveyard with no clothes on. But when Jesus came and touched the man, the Bible said that he was sitting clothed in his right mind. That's what the touch that you get from the Holy Spirit. When he touches you, he don't send you crazy. And then for decades, you have a lot of these church institutions, especially the black churches, where they get, quote unquote, touched by the Holy Ghost, and then they're running all over the church screaming and yelling. And none of that correlates with scripture. This is intentional deception by the enemy because he understands the magnitude. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. I cannot leave the Garden of Eden because if you want to know the origin of man and God, go back to the Garden of Eden. Satan understood clearly that if he just twists this word while man is not in the presence of God, they cannot fulfill God's will. And the only way to remain in the presence of God now is through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. No other way.
You can't even have your sins forgiven unless you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're walking around in condemnation. In Acts 2.38, it said, Peter said unto him, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have spiritual discernment in this season, we're in the bonds of Satan. He's chained us up. We're blind to the will of God, and we cannot do his will. In John 14, verse 15 through 17, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask my father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor it knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. And when you have the Holy Spirit in you, he is truth. He is not subjective truth. He is not you know, convenient truth. He is absolute truth. I don't argue with anybody when it comes to the word of God. You may get into it about a, a, a sports team or, you know, the stock market. But when it comes to the word of God, it is absolute. You cannot argue with it. Those who argue with the word of God are those who have not received or have received, but are not under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's plain to you when you have the Holy Spirit. There is no confusion about his word. So as I said before, without the spirit of God, we are in bondage. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, Paul writes, Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We shouldn't be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, saying we've been born again and we're in the we're, we're held captive with depression anxiety suicide thoughts we shouldn't have any of that the spirit of the lord is called to set us free from all these different uh, things people say you know this month is is mental health month that's what america is recognizing but there is no mental sickness and a believer who is led by the Spirit of God. That would make God a liar. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. To me, that sounds like somebody isn't dealing with the mental health problems. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. We can't produce peace. If we're walking around confused, if we're anxious all the time, we cannot produce patience. Bitter and angry, how can we produce kindness and goodness? We can't remain faithful to God's word without the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But you know, the world will say you need therapy, you need counseling, you need medication to deal with the challenges in your mind. You cannot treat a spirit. You have to cast it out. And that starts with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 15, 13, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I'm, I'm sure we've all talked to somebody in this season, and we may have gotten that way ourselves, where we felt hopeless. And these are teachings, as I said, that are very rarely discussed in many denominations, many church institutions. Because if you look at the teachings of Christ when he referenced the Holy Spirit or the Apostle Paul, or even back in the Old Testament when God had given Ezekiel prophecy, you can't find an excuse why we should not be doing God's will if we have the Holy Spirit and are led by the Holy Spirit. But when you don't teach these things, when you don't give people the unadulterated truth as it relates to the word of God, we can make a thousand excuses of why we are not doing his will. Well, God knows my heart. The devil always on my back. Well, let's go back to what Jesus did when the devil was on his back. What did he do when he was in the garden, in the wilderness? The Bible says that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. He didn't go in there by himself. The Holy Spirit led him in there. And when he came out, he had a fight with Satan, a one-on-one -on -one showdown. And what he did was he didn't go get therapy. He didn't get on his knees and start praying. He didn't call no prayer warrior. He spoke the absolute truth and he stood by it. But the Bible clearly shows us that he was led into this test by the Holy Spirit. He was under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And that is why he came out of that test victorious. Spiritual discernment, absolutely essential in the last days. Because as I read, some people will be caught up in everything that's going on. They will not escape it. And they will not be able to stand before Christ when the time comes. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be that one. Making excuses as to why I didn't do his will. I can hear Christ saying, didn't I give you the Holy Spirit? Didn't I give you the spirit of truth? Didn't I give you the comforter? We need the Holy Spirit. We need spiritual discernment. We need to walk in this every single day. That's why sometimes it's very difficult and, and oftentimes people won't even say they know Jesus Christ. They won't even testify. Too afraid to say anything about who Christ is, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. We can't even be a true witness of him and how he brought us out if we're not being led by the Holy Spirit. John writes in 15, chapter 15, verse 26, he says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. The Holy Spirit allows us to be able to stand up for who Christ is. Spiritual discernment. Amen. When we have spiritual discernment, we can see who's preaching lies and who's preaching truth. And when we see it, we can actually do as we're commanded to in Jude chapter 1, where it tells us to contend for the faith. 
and we can do uh, what we are supposed to do and test what we hear. We can discern between whether they're telling us what God wants us to know or what the enemy wants us to know. And we need the spirit to empower us to be able to stand up for truth. It's not okay to Christ, to God, to just accept things that are not according to his word. You know, three, three, I posted a post the other day about three of the one, three of the most prominent preachers that really have of this age and how they went from speaking God's truth, this absolute truth, to now speaking falsehood. And I used to listen to all three of them, follow them religiously. There were times I wouldn't even go to the church because I would stay home and listen to what these preachers have to say because they were in different states. One of them was Billy Graham. I listened to him for many years. He sound on point. And up until his last days, he said that anybody can come to Christ from any religion. You don't even have to know that who he is. You don't even have to know his name. And, uh, and I, that's if you read the Bible, you half read the Bible and find out that's not even true. And then one that people just fall in love with and they defend this guy like he is Jesus Christ is T.D. Jakes. I've listened to him several times. I read a couple of his books. I even used to tithe in his church, even though I never went. I used to tithe and give offering religiously to his church. And, and they asked him, you know, what's your understanding of homosexuality? And he said, it's evolving. Immediately, I knew this man was talking from the spirit of error and not of truth. Because the Bible is very clear about homosexuality. And then one that, you know, always loved to tell a joke before he starts his service, Joel Osteen. Said that you can live your best life right now. And these institutions, these congregations are filled with people. Filled with people. The conferences they put on, these different events. You have these churches, groups that come together and they bring their congregations and put on these massive uh, events. And they sit there listening to these lies and cannot decipher what's real and what's not. And if they have a conviction inside of them, because they are not led by the Spirit of God and not being obedient to the Holy Ghost, they sit there and accept what's being said. This is why Christ said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Because if you don't watch and pray, you're going to sit in a place where you have no business being in. And when Christ come, it's going to ensnare you. You're going to be hit with a trap and you're not going to be able to get out. You can't catch a person slipping that's always watching. If you constantly got your head on a swivel, I remember when I used to play football and I learned late in, in my life. I was 21 when I learned how to play football. Put on a helmet for the first time. I was 21 or 22. And I remember 
running down the field, trying to make a play in one of my early practices. And I got laid out. Some guy hit me. I didn't even see it coming. I'm sliding across the grass. I'm trying to figure out what just happened. And then I figured it out. I just got blindside hit. And I told myself, never again. I'm keeping my head on the swivel. And I might be running full speed, but I'm going to have a presence of mind about where I'm at and what's going on. That's the discernment we need to have in this season. And it's only possible through the Holy Ghost. We need to have our head on the swivel. If Jesus Christ never stayed in one place too long preaching, we got to ask ourselves, should we be in this one place hearing over and over again? He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go get a membership at an institution and hang out for 20 years. Jesus was on the move. In fact, he didn't even like big crowds. He he, he typically uh, preached and gave his word and you hear him send the crowd away or he leads the crowd. Spiritual discernment. In Luke 21, verse 8, Christ said, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. Then the time draws near. There are so many Christ out there today saying that they are he. They have the answers. They are the way. They know what you need to do about depression. When you're feeling down, speak to yourself and tell yourself, I'm special. I'm this. I'm all these affirmations. Rather than telling yourself what the word of God says. Are you fearfully and wonderfully made? Absolutely. But depression comes from being disobedient. We're not doing something that God told us to do in his word. Maybe we didn't forgive somebody. Maybe we're too worried about what's going on in the world. We got our eyes focused on the economy and the stock market and COVID-19. That's being disobedient. And therefore, depression comes upon us. Anxiety. All the things Christ never called us to be in. We're supposed to have peace. We're supposed to have uh, a joy. In the midst of the storm, Christ didn't say when the storm is over, you shall have joy and peace. And it's not that you won't go through anything, that you're not going to have some pains and inflictions, because that is a part of the walk with Christ. You will suffer persecution. But the, the joy that is, is that we should have in our heart should be because we know where we're going and what's better for us. On the other side of this life. But if you don't have spiritual discernment, you can't see that. You're going to look and say, well, you know what? I got to make sure my 401k is on point. I got to make sure I stay in line with what the world's got going on because I don't want to be I don't want to be cast out. I don't want to be blackballed and ostracized because I didn't go get a vaccine or I didn't follow these rules, whatever the case may be. This stuff that we're going through is nothing but light afflictions in comparison to what Christ has for us. And that is what the spiritual discernment is set up for so that we can see clearly how to move through lies and how to move through truth. Rather than settle for whatever 
may appear to be right or seem right or it doesn't cause too much of a ruckus. If everybody's doing it, and you know, I heard someone say a while ago, you know what? You can't fool everybody, so it must be right. I said, well, you show me that in the Bible. Because the last time I checked, there were several references to how many shall be deceived. That narrow gate, few will find it. You can't find that narrow gate without spiritual discernment. It's impossible. It's clearly impossible. I know people who give up their walk with Christ because of their relationship with their family members. Because they don't want to be betrayed. They don't want to be hated by their friends and their relatives. God's calling you somewhere else. But we give up that calling because we rather have the praises of men and not the praises of God. But all this was supposed to happen. All this was prophesied to come. Christ talked about it. The apostles talked about it. What, what, he, I love how Jesus says in, in chapter Luke chapter 21, verse 12, he says, but all these things, he said, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you, persecute you, deliver you up to synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. He says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for a testimony. He says, therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which your, all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Spiritual discernment. We don't got to go to seminary school or theology school to try to figure out what should we say to people when we're brought before them, when they ask us, well, what do you think about? I had someone ask me the other day, what do you think about the black people resisting slave owners? And do you think it was godly since God tells us to obey the authorities of the land? Spiritual discernment led me to tell this individual that the word of God applies to the people of God, particularly after Christ, those who come into the faith, born again through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they say stuff like, well, you know what? Can you just say it plainly and stop using scripture? What else am I supposed to use if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ? Some history book, some other theologian's perspective. Spiritual discernment not only gives us the right biblical answer to whatever we're dealing with, it also gives you the courage to speak the answer to somebody that may say, you know what, I don't ever want to see you again. I hate your guts. You're a bigot. You're hateful. Light afflictions that cannot compare to the joy that is coming our way. You know, in verse 16, he goes on to say, that you will be betrayed by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and even some people will be killed. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair on your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. How many times have you heard that scripture before? Almost never. Because what do they say? You just got to believe in Jesus and your soul is locked in. 
But Christ says right here to his disciples, by your patience, possess your soul. You have to be patient in this walk. If you don't, you'll be like these other prominent televangelists, preachers or bishops that hand their soul over to Satan because they've lost patience. They rather do what people want. They rather make sure they hold on to their fortune than to stand on God's word. Did they have spiritual discernment? They probably did. I can't say they didn't. I don't know. But I can tell you now that they speak words that do not align with the word of God. Whether they have spiritual discernment or not, they made a decision to go to a place they have no business going. Saying things they got no business going. Leading people astray. It will have a uh, it will be a very terrible time for them. They stand before God if they don't repent and turn. This is why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Spiritual discernment will let you see that uh, a compliant nonprofit 501c3 church doesn't belong to God. They're compliant, doing exactly what a Government issued nonprofit organization is supposed to do. They are not. I'll say it again. They are not of God. Because a nonprofit organization is forbidden from speaking against anything that the land, the government has deemed lawful. Well, abortion is still lawful. Gay marriage is lawful. So how could you be doing the will of God, operating in his discernment, but you're not speaking the truth? The Bible tells us that people who just said that they are believers and yet they live sexually immoral, they're supposed to be kicked out of the congregation of the believers. How are you going to kick somebody out without violating your 501c3 status if they want to live a sexually immoral life? They can turn around and, and report you to the government and you lose your status. And who wants to be taxed on millions of dollars? We're actually supposed to pay the government taxes. We as believers are supposed to pay taxes to the government. Christ talks about this when they came to him trying to tempt him. He said, who do your disciples pay taxes to? And, they, and Christ said, who's on this inscription? It says Caesar. Well, give Caesars what Caesars and give God's what's God's. Paul talks about this in Romans 13, verse 6. He says, for this cause pay, you also pay taxes. So this is why you pay taxes. While they may be off the hook financially with the government, they are definitely on the hook with God. The spiritual discernment is what leads us to this understanding and being able to stand by what we have been, uh, what we've come to understand. It's not enough to say we know his will. We actually have to do his will. And it takes that uh, leadership of the Holy Spirit to help us discern and do God's will. We need that in the last days more than we need it any time. Let's go back to the time that Ezekiel was given the prophecy by God to speak to the house of Israel, how they defiled the land. They were God's original people, and they couldn't do God's will. 
they couldn't see his statues and follow his rules. So if they couldn't do it, then why do we think we could without the Holy Ghost? So I want to encourage everyone not to just read the word of God, but to ask for the leadership of the Holy Spirit and accept that leadership. And we accept it by showing it through our actions, walking it out. We just can't go with the flow. We have to literally be upstream believers, especially in this season, because as time gets tougher, as the world becomes more wicked, we will become the true minority in society. We are already the true minority. We're just not pointed out as such yet. Because there's still enough people out there that are playing church that many of us can hide under if we wanted to. But as you have the Pope and uh, Archbishop and all these people who are trying to make way for a one world religion. Spiritual discernment will be the most essential thing for a believer. If you're looking to escape all that's coming on the earth, you better believe you need it. Can't watch and pray. First of all, you can't watch because you ain't going to know what to look for without spiritual discernment. And even if you see it, you cannot pray because the Bible says that, you know, we, the spirit intercedes on our behalf because we are weak. We don't even know what to pray for. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us not just see, but to actually to do what needs to be done and to pray how we ought to pray. And have the Holy Spirit intercede when we don't know what to pray for. We have to get with God's truth. This is the season the world should be hear repentance coming out of the church, not your blessing, not your miracle, not your best life now. Because if this is your best life now, you and you and for a rude awakening after this life. A rude eternal awakening. So spiritual discernment, very essential in this season, very important. We need it. You have to have it. You can't live for the master. You can't walk with Christ. You can't fulfill the will that God has in your life without it. It's impossible. You will never find a time in scripture where anybody was able to do the will of God without God with them, Christ with them, or his spirit with them. And this is the season for the spirit of God. Christ is not here anymore. God no longer walks the earth with men. So let's accept that leadership and let's let the discernment of the Holy Spirit take us through this storm. Dear Holy Father, we thank you again for the word that you've given us for your truth, for your infallible, indisputable word. We know that your spirit was sent here to give us light to your scriptures. And not only the light, but the power to carry that light through the darkness. We thank you for grace and mercy that you've given us. We thank you for keeping us from all hurt, harm, and danger. As the world gets wicked, we know that your word will still be true. And we will stand by it until our very last breath. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.